the mystery history podcast i'm allison i'm jordan welcome to episode 50 which is exciting that's crazy this is part two of walt disney walt disney walt disney episode 50 that's crazy we're about to hit 52 which is a year one whole year that's nuts that is nuts can you imagine all the people can you imagine what I was trying to go into some John Lennon shit, but you ruined it. Just being, here we are. You know, did you imagine then that this would be where we are? <laughs> what? <laughs> You're not making any sense. Sure I am. No. No? You didn't imagine it? Mm-mm. Me neither, but here we are. <laughs> How many downloads do we have? You don't know. I'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> We hit uh, 27,404, which is pretty exciting also. So we're almost at 30,000 downloads. Mm -hmm. Episode 50, Mm. almost 5,000 Instagram subscribers, Mm. and 86 comments, five-star reviews. Yeah. Damn, we're killing it. In under a year. In under a year. Just under a year. Yep. So thank you all to listening. Mm-hmm. To listening. Thank you all to listening. For listening. <laughs> we all, me and George, kind of got some uh, sinus junk going on. So a little allergy ish. You might be hearing me like breathe. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it. Like, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it at bay. The nerdy kid in class. Ugh, yeah. Excuse me. Ugh. Uh, mouth breather. This this teacher. <laughs> <laughs> It's, you know, it's springtime in Ohio. That's what we get for living here. Mm -hmm. You'd think our bodies would be used to it by now, but it's just not ever going to happen, I don't think. I don't get, like, sniffles or anything. I get the itchiest eyes in in the planet, I think. Was that always the case? Or I feel like since I've been older, my eyes do bother me more. It's like once I hit, like, 20, I started getting allergies. I never, my whole life, had them. Yeah. And then, yeah, now it's like, I literally, like, my eyes are, I, I walk around, like, just bright red eyes it's pretty yeah. pretty cool pretty cool pretty cool stuff <laughs> i always have get headaches in my nose in my sinuses yeah like right behind like your eyes yeah yeah it rough. sucks that's the worst yeah oh well screw allergies yeah we're welcome. here today in vain because we don't <laughs> give a hoot <laughs> so what's been going on nothing we've been jordy's been really stressed because he's going to be moving soon Buying the house. He's it's buying. Just, it's been bought. Yeah, so it's just stressful. Stressful times. There's a lot of stuff going on. Family came into town from Pennsylvania this weekend, so we took them around to some Ohio things. We ordered pizza from like five different places to uh, show them what Ohio pizza is like. Yeah, that was a time. It was pretty fun. Never so, been more full in my life. Yeah. And they're from Pennsylvania, so they don't have White Castle. Yeah. So... Got some of that, too. DoorDash. It's not good. Thank you, DoorDash. (laughs) Not a fan of uh, White Castle. All right. Well, um, we are always welcome. We're always welcoming new reviews 
on Apple. Yes. We haven't gotten one in quite some time. We'd love to hear mm-hmm. what you think. Yes. So you can always go to Apple Podcast, look us up, Mystery History Podcast, and leave us a five-star review. Yeah. Please. You can always email us, mm-hmm. pod at gmail.com, or leave us a voice message. Yes. So that's on our website at mysteryhistorypodcast.com under the contact section. There's a button, and it'll take you to a link, and you can just record a message and boom, send it. Yeah. And then we'll play it on the show. That's true. Super fun to get those. It is. Especially, I mean, we love all of them. Yeah. I have but British one. accents are pretty cool. They are. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. I wish I had one. I do, too. It'd be so much I try, cool. but the the, the Brit, Brits are like, oh. I went to a museum yesterday, and the kid had a British accent. I was just like, keep talking, dude. I know, cause, and something. he was talking about mummies. Yeah, like, kind of about tell me shit. all about He's like, them. yeah, they cut out their organs. I was like, yep, that sounds tell cool. Tell me more. That sounds smooth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mesmerized. It's good. Yeah. But yeah, on our uh, website, we also have all of our episodes, the whole backlog. Uh, we have merch. Yep. Got shirts. I'm ready to up, getting ready to update the store. It's been a while. I've been busy doing stuff. So. He has been. I've been on his ass about the Barbara short shirt. Yeah. But he's been busy, and my guilt trips aren't working anymore. So guilt trip him. Okay? We need messages. I'm waiting on, we're coming to get you, Bob, or we got a, sh- a sheep ready yeah, to go. You would do. So we're going to do better. Yeah, it's just been, it's been a uh, wild year yeah, so far. Yeah, so just, so just bear with us. Yeah. But we're, we're, I know we said we were going to do a giveaway when we hit <laughs> 20,000, and we're at 27. So I think what we're going to do is a combined our year and... Now we're at 27,000 downloads, so mm. by then we'll probably be at 30. Maybe we'll pick, like, three winners. Yeah. Instead of just one. We'll give away a shirt and give away, like, three. How you feel about that, folks? Yeah, yeah, so Give you more time to yeah. win. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, from our, what was I talking about? Our website? Yeah. We got all this shit up there. Yeah, I mean, we got a good array of things, mm-hmm. like, different logos and shit, but... My favorite one is the... It's just a, a sweater, and it says Mystery History, but yeah. it's, like, it looks like... Uh, it looks old. Yeah. Like it's from the 70s, kind of. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and all their stuff is... I wear that... I have a Mystery History hoodie I wear around all the time. Mm-hmm. They're soft. They are soft. They're good quality, too. Yep. And then so. from our... Website, we also have, you can get to our Patreon. Yeah. Or you can just go straight there. It's patreon.com slash podcast, And f- we have two tiers. So the $2 tier will get you next week's episode now. You can listen to it right after this. And then the $5 tier gets you that and a uh, bonus episode every Friday. Yeah. So Extra every single content. Friday. What I think we're at, like, going to be at 30 Patreon episodes, I think. Yeah. So, so yeah, the cool thing about that is if you unlock the five dollar tier, I get you all those like instantly. Yeah, so it's you not, have thirty more episodes of content yeah. essentially. It's not like it's you just get deal. the ones moving forward; you get the whole catalog, and you get the feel goods knowing you're donating to a good cause. Yeah, me and this kid. Yeah, That's I got a house cause, to pay right for. He does. <laughs> he does. He's going into adulthood. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna build so like proud. a little studio in the house for this, so it'll be cool. And hopefully, we can start like. Um, videoing yeah them, we want to start like doing it. youtubing yeah so that'll be something new yeah let us know but. if you'd be interested in that because yep. it's a, kind of a lot of work but i think it'd be cool yeah you can reach a lot more people uh what was I about to say um oh and the patrons also get bonus um uh discount codes for the store yeah for all that so new shit that's that. gonna be dropping soon yeah so yeah go yep. take a look at that yep so 
You ready to get into Mr. Disney? Yes. Okay. So where we left off was they... So if you remember, Mr. Disney uh, started looking at wanting to build a theme park around Griffith after visiting Griffith Park in L.A., okay, uh, with his daughters. And he wanted the park to be clean, unspoiled, where both children and parents could have a great time. Mm. So... Let's get into it. So in March of 1952, he received a zoning permission to build a theme park in Burbank near the Disney Studios. The site was too small, and a larger plot in Anaheim, 35 miles south of the studio, was purchased. Disney formed WED Enterprises, now Walt Disney Imagineering, and used his own money to fund a group of designers and animators to work on the plans. Those involved became the Imagineers. What a cool name. Can we be those? That is a cool name. That is cool. After they still call them that to this day, like yeah. the uh, people that make all the animated movies, uh-huh. they call them Imagineers. That's so neat. That is a good name. After he received bank funding, he invited over stockholders, American Broadcasting, Paramount Theaters, um, which were part of the American Broadcasting Company or, or ABC, yeah, better known as ABC, mm-hmm. and Western Printing and Lithographing Company. In the mid or in mid-1954, Disney sent his Imagineers to every amusement park in the United States to analyze what worked and what didn't. That's a lot of theme parks. That'd be a cool like. job. That Just would go be to cool. these theme parks and see... What do you think? See how you, how you feel. Construction work started in July 1954, and Disneyland opened in July 1955. Dang, that's a quick turnaround. That is. Just one year. The opening ceremony was broadcast on ABC and reached 70 million viewers. Holy shit. Wow. That's like more than a Super Bowl. Yeah. That's crazy. The park was designed as a series of themed lands linked by a central Main Street USA, a replica of the Main Street in his hometown of Merceline. The connected themed areas were Adventureland, Frontierland, Fantasyland, and Tomorrowland. I always thought Tomorrowland is a cool uh-huh. a cool name. The park contained uh, the narrow-gauge Disneyland Railroad that linked the lands. Uh, around the outside of the park was a high berm to separate the park from the outside world. An editorial in the New York Times considered that Disney had tastefully combined some of the pleasant things of yesterday with fantasy and dreams of tomorrow. Although there were early um, early minor problems with the park, it was a success. And after a month of operation, Disneyland was receiving over 20,000 visitors a day. That's crazy. That is insane. By the end of its first year, it had 3.6 million guests. <laughs> And we were just excited about getting 30,000 people. <laughs> They're getting that a day. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 3.6 million in a year. That's wild. That but I mean, is. if 70 million people watched it, it's like yeah. everybody's talking about it. That's true. Okay. The money from ABC was contingent on Disney's TV programs. The studio had been involved in a successful TV special on Christmas Day in 1950 about the making of Alice in Wonderland. Roy believed the program added millions to the box office revenue. In March 1951, um, letter to shareholders, he wrote that television can be the most powerful selling aid for us, as well as a source of revenue, which is true. True, yep. Yeah. It was probably um, it will probably be on this premises that we enter television when we do. In 1954, after the Disneyland funding had been agreed, ABC broadcast Walt Disney's Disneyland, an anthology consisting of animated cartoons, live action features, and other material from the studio's library. 
The show was successful and earned an audience share of over 50%. Dang. Wow. Do you remember, I think it was Sunday nights, they used to show like a Disney movie every Sunday. It was like on, I think it was on ABC. Probably. What was TGIF? That was Fridays. on. That was like Boy That was Meets ABC World though, and, right? Uh, was that ABC? I think so. I think so too. Yeah, that was like Boy Meets World and I forget what else was on it. Well, nowadays though, like if you get a TV program and it's at night on Saturday. It's like the worst spot. They, yeah, they don't yeah. think you're going to do anything with it because yeah. everybody's out and about. But like in the 50s. Or, yeah, 55, there probably wasn't a whole lot to do. So people were more focused on, and, and it was new. Right. It was, like, kind of exciting. <clears throat> yeah, so. That's, like, even in the 90s, like, TGIF, that was, like, yeah. na- nowadays nobody watches TV on Friday, I feel like. No, but I feel like if TGIF was on, I would I would DVR it for sure. Yeah, true. But I just remember, I don't remember why I remember it so vividly, but I remember what, they had, like, this huge, like, opening thing where you, like, went through the castle. Yeah, and yeah. then it, and I remember watching Herbie. Oh, like the, the Love Bug. Yeah, yeah. And that was I don't I think it was every Sunday at like seven or something like that. Uh-huh. They would show a movie. Huh. I don't remember that. I just remember TGIF. Yeah. In April of 1955, Newsweek called the series an American institution. ABC was pleased with the ratings, which led to Disney's first daily, daily television program, The Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. This was a variety show catering specifically to children. The program was accompanied by merchandising through various companies. One of the segments, Disneyland, consisted of five, a five-part miniseries, Davy Crockett, which, according to Galbert, became an overnight sensation. The show's theme song, The Ballad of Davy Crockett, became internationally popular, and 10 million records were sold. <laughs> Holy cow. Wow. Uh, as a result, Disney formed his own record production and distribution entity, Disneyland Records. I'll tell you what, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is not what it was back then. It's still now on. it's it's just a Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is like a cartoon version of them all being in a clubhouse and uh, like going on adventures, and then they got to figure out what mystery mouse tool to use. And I tell you, I don't think I ever watched it. The Mickey Mouse Clubhouse now, that song is catchy as hell. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Sure is. He's like in every vein of media. Yeah. Smart man. Disney started working on other projects away from the studio. He was a consultant to the 1959 American National Exhibit in Moscow. That's cool. Disney Studios' contribution was America the Beautiful, a 19-minute film in the 360-degree Kirkanum Theater. Circa-rama. Yeah, okay. What would you say? (laughs) Kirkanum. Kirk Cameron? I think I, <laughs> I think I made that word up in my mind. But yeah. Kurt, what'd you say? Kirk Karama. Circarama. Circarama. Kirk Cameron. Kirk Arama. The Kirk Cameron Theater. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch didn't know they had one of those in Moscow. Oh, that's funny. Anyway, that's the theater. And that was one of the most popular attractions. The following year, he acted as chairman of the pageantry committee for the 1960 Winter Olympics in Squaw Valley, California, where he designed the opening, closing, and medal ceremonies. Yeah. How neat. He does it all, he man. Just, he's got what a life. That's why we're talking about him. <laughs> what a life. <laughs> Even though he was busy with other projects, Disney continued to work on film and TV projects. In 1955, he was involved in Man in Space. An episode of the Disneyland series, which was made alongside NASA rocket engineer Warner Von Braun. We've talked about him. Who we've done an episode on. Go back and listen. Interesting Crazy guy. shit. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Disney oversaw aspects of the full-length features Lady and the Tramp in 1955, Sleeping Beauty in 1959, 101 Dalmatians in 1961, and The Sword and the Stone in 1963. Do you think that that's why they thought he was a Nazi? Because he worked with... Von Braun? Uh, probably didn't help. Hmm. I'll say that. Affiliations. Yeah, not good. Guilty by association. In 1964, Disney produced Mary Poppins, which was based on the book series by P.L. Travers. He had been uh, trying to get the rights to the story since the 40s. Wow. Persistence. I've never seen Mary Poppins. (gasps) Dad will be so disappointed in you. That's our dad's favorite movie. He does love it. I think Um, that was his mom's favorite movie. That's why. It became the most successful Disney film of the 60s, although Travers didn't like the film and regretted to have sold the rights. I feel like that happens a lot, though. Mm-hmm. Like Jaws. Dave, yeah. Jaws, Peter Benchley wasn't super stoked about it, even though he was in the first one. Really? Yeah. Huh. You didn't know that? No. He, he's a TV reporter. Oh. And he's talking to the camera, and that's him. That's Peter Benchley. Huh. Yeah. That's cool. I never knew that. That same year, uh, he also began became involved in plans to expand the California Institute of the Arts and had an architect draw blueprints for a new building. Hmm. So he's given back. Have you seen um, Saving Mr. Banks? No. Is That's it a good, good one. It's about that, like how you got the rights to it. To the building? To Mary Poppins, sorry. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Because she didn't want to sell it because it was like about her life. It was basically like her life and what she wanted because her parents were, like, alcoholics and stuff. Yeah. And she wanted, like, somebody to come in and, like, save the day, basically. Because isn't Tom Hanks Walt Disney? Yeah. Yeah. That movie's really... I've never even seen Mary Poppins, but that movie's amazing. Is it? It's, hmm. it's got... Uh, I forget her name. You'd know her if you... She's a super famous actress, but I can't think of her name. Yeah. But it's really good. I wonder if Dad's seen it. Yeah, we watch it with Dad. I watch it with Dad. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was pretty Thanks neat. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, it's a pretty good memory okay. to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Disney provided four exhibits to the 1964 New York World's Fair as he planned to obtain funding from selected corporate sponsors. For PepsiCo, who planned a tribute to UNICEF, Disney developed It's a Small World, a boat ride with audio-animatronic dolls showing children of the world. Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln contained an animatronic Abraham Lincoln giving excerpts, excerpts, well, that's a tough word, excerpts from his speeches. The Carousel of Progress <laughs> now I'm all tongue-tied. Carousel of Progress promoted the importance of electricity, and the Ford's Magic Skyway portrayed the progress of mankind. Elements of all four exhibits, um, principally concepts and technology, were reinstalled in Disneyland, although It's a Small World is the ride that most closely resembles the original. Yeah. So basically, he built these for this thing. And then he just took the ideas back to his park. Pretty smart. I mean, it is. You only have to develop four yeah. things. That's what I've always fascinated. The World's Fair. We should do like an episode on World's Fairs. Yeah. They're, I don't know why they've always fascinated me. They, they don't do that anymore. I think it'd be so cool to get like all the latest technology in one spot and just like. Well, we have like the World of Fair, but that's like food. In Dayton, yeah. Which, that's I, like a Dayton which I appreciate it. But the World's Fair was like all leading people in all their fields yeah. coming together to show off what they had, and now they don't. Well, now they just do a Zoom call. Well, now they just, everybody's competing. Nobody's like working. To, back then, they were like trying to move forward together, like yeah. the whole country now, it's, or the whole world. Yeah. Now it's like everybody's competing and shit. It's true. You gotta beat Russia. Mm, yep. The 1964 World's Fair, remember in Men in Black, those like things that look like UFOs? Yeah, yeah, those that's are what, supposed to be from that, right? Yeah, that's what the World's Fair, yeah. They yeah. built those for the World's Fair. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. They're really 
UFOs. Yeah. Probably true. Probably true. (laughs) (laughs) During the early to mid-1960s, now you got me goofing, (laughs) Disney developed plans for a ski resort in Mineral King, a glacial valley in California's Sierra Nevada. I didn't know there was any glaciers. Glacial valley. That means just a a glacier went through there. Oh. Carved out a valley. Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know there were any glaciers in California. (laughs) Makes sense. That's crazy. <laughs> Could uh, I thought it was true. He <laughs> hired experts like re- renowned Olympic ski coach and ski area designer Willie Schreffler. Schreffler. Schaffler. Schaffler. That's a name right there. It is. That's Lots a lot of, of A's and E's and F's. And <laughs> yeah. With income from Disneyland increasing the studio's income, Disney continued to look for venues for other attractions. In the late 1960, or I'm sorry, in late 1965, he announced uh, plans to develop another theme park called Disney World that would be in Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. Disney World included the Magic Kingdom, a larger, more elaborate version of Disneyland, along with golf courses and resort hotels. Um, the hope of Disney World was to be the experimental prototype community of tomorrow. Or Epcot. Did you know that that's what that standed for? I knew there was an acronym, but I didn't know exactly what it was. That's pretty cool. That's I didn't know that. Uh, which he described as an experimental prototype community of tomorrow that will take its cue from the new ideas and new technologies that are now emerging from the creative centers of American industry. It will be a community of tomorrow that we will never be completed, but will always be introducing and testing and demonstrating new materials and systems. And Epcot will always be the showcase to the world for ingenuity and imagination of American free enterprise. America. America. <laughs> That's my favorite park for sure. Me too. Hands down. It's just, it's, it's not just even really cool. a park. I mean, it's, it's an experience. Yeah, it's more like, a, I don't even know how to describe it. Because it's not really like a theme park. I mean, there's some rides, but no, it's not like. It's like a, it's like a town. That, <sighs> yeah. But it's like the whole world in one place. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to describe. It is like the whole world. Because if you've never been there, basically they have, they have like food and shops from every country. Yeah. Like so, like all major countries, it's like built around this lake. So as you walk around the lake, you like go from like Japan to like Russia to India. Norway. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool because you can buy like food. they have like genuine food from each mm-hmm. place, and they have like gifts you can buy from these countries that. I recommend the sushis. Yeah. Do you always get incense too? Yeah, I get incense from Japan. Japan. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, we did get sushi last time and it was good. I what we should do next time is eat uh, ever like do a tasting of Just the like world. one little thing, yeah. Yeah. Like get one thing and split it. Yeah, cuz there's a, like an unofficial thing. It's called drink around the world. So yeah, you, but I'm every, not much of a drinker. Oh, I did it last you time. You can drink there. and I'll eat. Deal. Okay. I did it last time already. You get a like a beer, like a beer from like you can get beer that has like no, it's like all Japanese letters. So you don't even know what you're drinking. Yeah, it's crazy. It's pretty cool because like it's, yeah. you wouldn't be able to get it anywhere else. That's true. So every country you get one drink and it's called drink around the world. Yeah. I just like the, the, the England one because it's like a bar. It looks like an old bar and all the people in there like have English accents, like super thick accents. They do though because like, they're like that's from, where yeah, they're from people flock to Orlando mm-hmm. and like get jobs there and, Work at the park. Yeah, it's cool. If you've never been, they have their name tags have where they're from. Uh-huh. So like some people are from like Spain, like yeah, Russia, there's, everywhere. There's a kid I went to school with who um, 
went to work on a cruise ship mm-hmm. there. And then he went to work at MGM, or I believe. And, like, he was, like, an actor in one of the shows. Hmm. And he had a very, it seemed like a very exciting life. That would be cool. It would be, be a cool place to be, like, just Whenever you're young. That. Yeah, Now I'm like, that old. sounds terrible. It would but. be bad, though, if you weren't, like, <laughs> the worst part about Disney, in all honesty, is, like, the crowds. Yeah. But they, I mean, that's the thing. They all go down there, and they don't really know anybody, so they make these friends, mm-hmm. and then they work all together, and then, you know, yep. you kind of build a life there. But, yeah, I'm just, don't sign me up for that. No. Not Maybe now. you'd have to be a very good people person, because that's all you do. I'm a very people people person, but as I've... <laughs> Really people person. But as I've gotten older, I'm just like, I can't fake it for that long. Yeah, that's... You know, you like... You have to be... Yeah, you have to act. You I have to be on them, all the time. They call them actors. They don't call them employees. What is it? Actors? Members. I think they're cast members. Yeah, that's what, what it is. Them. Cast members. Yeah. They're not like employees. They're all no. cast members. Yeah. But yeah. Sorry. Tangent over. Mm. During 1966, Disney found businesses willing to sponsor Epcot. He increased his involvement in the studio films and was heavily involved in the development of The Jungle Book, The Happiest Millionaire, and the animated short Winnie the Pooh and The Blustery Day. I love The Jungle Book. I do too. That's probably that and um, The Little Mermaid are my favorites and Robin Hood. Did you see the new one, the live action one? No. It was good. I don't need none of that. Uh, what's his name? Bill Murray's Baloo. Oh, really? Yeah. Who's good. the snake? Uh, Scarlett Johansson. What? Yeah. Because huh. you got, she's like, you got to entice the person to like. So what? She's a slut. A little slutty snake. Slutty snake. Slutty snake. snake. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Scarlett Johansson isn't slutty. That's Josh's like celebrity crush. I get that. She's married to freaking uh, Colin Jost. Who's that? The, oh, the head writer of Saturday Night Live. He's adorable. He he's seems a, like he's a good guy. He's the best. She went on like a show like to be host there and they met. And now really? they're married. Oh, he seems like such a good guy. He seems like a normal guy. Like yeah. A normal person. He's got a little lisp kind of thing going on. Yeah. He's cute. All right. Disney had been a heavy smoker since World War One. Not many people can say that. <laughs> um, he did not use cigarettes with filters and smoked a pipe from a very young age. In November 1966, he was diagnosed with lung cancer and was treated with cobalt therapy. And I had to look up what cobalt cobalt therapy was because mm-hmm. I didn't know. And it's a form of like radi- radiation, hmm. which is crazy that that was around back then. Yeah. It probably was very aggressive. Yeah, probably was not a good experience. On November 30th, he didn't feel well, and he was taken to by ambulance to St. Joseph Hospital, where on December 15th, 1966... Ten days after his 65th birthday, he died of circulatory collapse caused by the cancer. Wow. His remains were cremated two days later, and his ashes were placed at the Forest Lawn Memorial Park in Glendale, California. The release of The Jungle Book and The Happiest Millionaire in 1967 raised the total number of feature films that Disney had been involved in to 81. Woo. That's wild. That is. In 60 years. Well, he's only been doing it since he was like 20. Yeah. So in 40 years, 45 years, he made 81 films. Yeah. That's insane. Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day were released in 1968. Disney earned an Academy Award in the short subject cartoon category. After his death, his studios continued to produce live-action films, but large, largely abandoned animation until the late 80s, which the New York Times, which the New York Times called the Disney's uh, Renaissance. 
It began with The Little Mermaid. Uh, Disney's companies continued to produce successful film, TV, and stage entertainment. I should have counted, like, how many Academy Awards he had. Probably a lot. Or, like, honorable mention things, like, because it was a lot, yeah. Um, are you looking it up? Yeah. Okay, I'll... Okay, yeah. Okay. Disney's plan for Epcot did not come true. After Disney's death, his brother Roy deferred his re- retirement to take control of Dis- the Disney companies. He changed the focus of the project from a town to an attraction. At the inauguration in 1971, Roy dedicated Walt Disney World to his brother. Walt Disney World expanded with opening Epcot Center in 1982. Walt Disney's vision of a functional city was replaced by a more park-like permanent world's fair. In 2009, the Walt Disney Family Museum, designed by Disney's daughters Diane and her son, or his, I'm sorry, by Disney's daughter Diane and her son Walter E. D. Miller, opened in San Francisco. Thousands of artifacts from Disney's life and career on display, including numerous awards he received. In 2014, the Disney theme parks around the world hosted 134 million visitors. That's a lot of visitors. Yeah, that's wild. And that's really nice that, like, Disney's daughter shared the love that other people had for her dad Mm -hmm. and let them see his things. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is cool. So this, I just looked it up. It says, let me see here. So it says, as of 2020, the Disney company has won 127 Academy Awards. Wow. But the most impressive part is that 32 of them were Walt Disney himself. 32. That is crazy. So just him personally has 32. That's wild. Wow. So now we've talked about his career. We're going to talk a little bit about who he was as a person. In public, Disney hid his shy and insecure personality behind his public identity. Disney said, I'm not Walt Disney. I do a lot of things that Walt Disney would not do. Walt Disney does not smoke. I smoke. Walt Disney does not drink. I drink. A critic, Otis Ferguson, called the private Disney common and everyday, not inaccessible, not in a foreign language, not suppressed or sponsoring or anything, just Disney. Many say that Disney gave his staff little encouragement due to his exceptionally high standards. It's said that if Disney said, that'll work, it was an indication of high praise. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Instead of direct approval, Disney gave high-performing staff financial bonuses or recommended certain individuals to others, expecting that his praise would be passed on. Our dad's kind of like that. Yeah. Like, not so, like, he's a loving guy, but, like, he doesn't love things. Like, I, I'm like, oh, my God, this restaurant, I love it. And he'd be like, it's all right. And if it's all right, that means we could go back. (laughs) Yeah. But if it's, like. But if he hates something, he'll let you know. He's not shy about that. He won't. He just won't. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's, it's it's so funny because we planned, um. A 60th birthday party for him and all of his families in Pennsylvania, and ev- all of them got to come up for the party. Mm-hmm. And we had it at Spaghetti Warehouse um, in downtown Dayton. <clears throat> we were in this room, and he walks in and he sees everybody, and he's like, Wow. <laughs> and uh, my cousin's like, Does that mean you? Is that a surprise? I was like, Oh, yeah, he's very surprised. That was, <laughs> that was very <laughs> excitable for him. Yeah. <laughs> But he does. He loves it. Yeah. He just isn't 
animated about it, I yeah. guess. Yep. I'm the same way, too. Yeah. Whenever you know when I hate something or when I love it. Yep. And I'm pretty easy to please. Yeah, I mean, we're the same with that. We're not, we don't hide our emotions very well. Yeah. You can tell what we're thinking. Yep. <laughs> Which is good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So speaking of Disney, um, have having opposing views between some, Mark Langer in the American Dictionary of National Biography wrote that earlier evaluations of Disney hailed him a patriot, folk artist, and popularizer. What a word. That's hard. Of culture. Most recently, Disney has been regarded as a paradigm of American imperialism and intolerance, as well as a debaser of culture. Damn. That is fighting words. Disney has been accused of anti-Semitism, although none of its employees, including animator Art Babbitt, who hated Disney, ever accused him of making anti-Semitic slurs or taunts. The Walt Disney Museum acknowledges there were certain ethnic stereotypes common to his films in the, in the 30s that were included in his early cartoons. Disney regularly donated to Jewish charities and was named 1955 Man of the Year by the mm-hmm. Bani Brith chapter in Beverly Hills. His studio employee, or employed a number of Jews. 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 Jewish. <laughs> but, well, and they're kind of getting heat right now with the whole Dr. Seuss thing that's going on and yeah. banning some, like, I think, what, um, Peter Pan, I think. Peter is, Pan? Yeah, because of the Indian, like, them showing Indians in a negative light. Um, and it's, I don't know. I mean, I I don't think anybody is ever out to purposely make fun it's just the way well, that the story's written. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I well, it's not. It doesn't I make it right, both. but it's a different world back then. Uh, yeah, it was a different time. Not that. Yeah, yeah not that not, it makes it right. But I mean, you have to look at it like from that time well, and, period. That's, but they're taking them away from the children being able to watch them. Yeah. And I'll let Evie watch Peter Pan, but I. It's just like video games. Like I'll let Evie play video games where she can shoot people. But she knows that she can't go out and shoot people. Yeah, you know not what I mean? A game or a movie's responsibility to raise your kids. Right. They, she knows what yeah. right and wrong is and not to be prejudiced and all of that stuff. So yep. you can't you can't shelter them from everything. No, I mean there's the world is not all sunshine and rainbows. No, and so they, they need to know that. Yeah. It's better a movie show you than real life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I've always taught her to be the protector of because she's bigger than all the other kids. I said you can use that for good or evil. Mm-hmm. You can be bad or you can be a helper and always be a helper. Mm-hmm. So, um, Disney also had been accused of other forms of racism because of some of the productions that were released in the 30s and the 50s that contained racial, racially insensitive material. Some claim he was not racist, but racially insensitive. Oh, I could see that. I could that. see that. Yeah. I could. S- but again, My, her grandfather was racially insensitive. I think, yeah, like again, it's it doesn't make it good. Thing. Yeah, it's the, I mean, they yeah. grew up like, yeah, it's not making it right. That's just what they're used to saying. Not any like bad words, but just some things that are derogatory now that might not have been. Right. Back then. I don't know. You're just a product of your environment. If yeah. your parents and grandparents were a certain way, then you're going to. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah, again, it doesn't make it right. But no. It's, it's a touchy subject. Yeah. We're just, 
we'll just continue on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get anybody riled up. Or... No, we're not trying that now. Um, so Disney did not, or did attend meetings of pro-Nazi organization, the German-American Bund. What a name. Bund. Like butt. <laughs> he also hosted Nazi propagandist and filmmaker Lenny, ooh, this is going to be Riefenstahl, and gave a tour of, uh, gave her a tour of Disney Studios. Not a good look. No. Disney, you know? And I, that's probably that and then the Warner Von Braun stuff. Yeah. It's probably where the anti-Semitism stuff comes in. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Now let's get into some fun stuff. Yeah, before so we... We're going to get light and then we're going to get dark. Yeah. Right here. So... We'll gear yeah. up. Put your seatbelt on. Yep. So here's seven things you didn't know about Disney. The first one, Disney was anti-facial hair. With mm. one exception. <laughs> and it took 60 years... But as of this year, employees at Walt Disney's U.S. theme parks can finally come to work with a stylish beard to goatee. Huh. But only if it's neat and polished and professional. Disneyland between the 50s and 60s turned away guests with facial hair. Can you believe that? What? If they've, and they still got, like, millions of people. <laughs> um, if they failed <clears throat> to meet the Disneyland dress code. Uh, they even turned away Jim McGuinn, which is Funny. What a funny name. Jim McGuinn. Jim McGuinn of the Birds, you know? Good the, band. Yeah. Uh, because he was sporting a provocative Beatles cut. How dare he? Probably a bowl cut. You motherfucker. <laughs> it was a double standard because Walt Disney carried around a mustache. Say, he's kind of famous for a mustache. That's <laughs> yeah. Do weird. as I say, not as I do. <clears throat> Maybe he's just, he just wanted to be recognized in his park. Maybe. So like, if he walks around, people are like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. There's a mustache. There's a mustache. <laughs> Who let this guy in? Yeah. Near the end of his life in 1966, Disney scribbled the name of Kurt Russell on a piece of paper and died soon after. At the time, Russell was a child actor for the studio and had just signed a contract with Disney. To this day, no one including Kurt knows what this meant. That's crazy. Isn't that weird? What if you were Kurt Russell? Be like, what did he mean (laughs) the whole time? That is very strange. Yeah. Okay, during the construction of Disneyland in the 1950s, Disney moved into a one-bedroom apartment above the theme park's fire station on Main Street, and he wanted to watch his dream come to life. The apartment still exists and has been left untouched. During his stay there, Disney lit a lamp in the window to let the staff know that he was in there. The lamp is now always on in his honor. That's That's cool. That is cool. So... The last one here is Wayne Allwine and Russie Taylor were the animated personas of Minnie and Mickey. They actually got married and were married until Allwine's death in 2009. That's cute. That's pretty wild. And we said seven things you didn't know, but the, it was actually four. Yeah. Because we already talked about the other ones. Plot twist. <laughs> Plot twist. Keep didn't see you coming. <laughs> All right. So now, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. We're, we're going to talk about the dark side of... The park. This is what you come for. This is what you come for. You'll get your popcorn you waited, ready. <laughs> you waited an episode and a half, <laughs> and here we are, friends. Okay, so let's talk about injuries. You don't really hear too much about shit going crazy at Disney. Mm-mm. In 1983, an 18-year-old man fell off Space Mountain and was paralyzed. God damn. That escalated quickly. Yeah, that was a hot start. <laughs> In September of 2000, a four-year-old boy fell out of the Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin ride and suffered serious injuries. 
cardiac arrest and brain damage after being dragged underneath the car. He lived, but there's a serious delay between the time of the incident and when medical emergency personnel were contacted, leading Disney to review and change their policies. The child passed away in 2009. Ugh, that's terrible. That was 2000. Nine years of suffering. Yeah. Oof. Ooh. Disney's California Adventure. The, Cal- the attraction malfunctioned and a train rear-ended another, sending 15 guests to the hospital. There's a couple more that I just know about because I've been watching. There's a, what's it called? It's called Fascinating Horror, I think it's called. Yeah. It's a YouTube channel. And they used to have, in Anaheim, like the high school, local high school would have their like senior night there. Uh-huh. So people used to get drunk and like uh, just get crazy there. And this kid, there's like a monorail type thing. And this kid climbed up on the monorail and was like running down the track, just <gasps> being crazy. And then he heard some guy yelling at him and he looked down and he's like, there's a train coming. And he turned around and the monorail ran over him and dragged him the uh, entire length of the track. And he was killed. Wow. Yeah. I think that was in the 70s or I think it was in the 80s maybe. Oh, that's terrible. Ooh. Yeah. What else you got in that brain of yours? I, don't, I think that's it. I'm tra- There's two other people that like they snuck behind. They used to be like boat, little boat rides. Mm-hmm. But they like closed it down and then they got in there and then they bo- they drowned. Wow. So I think they were drunk, but I can't remember what year that was, and I don't really, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that was Disney. Okay. The Fascinating Horror is a good channel if you ever... Is that the guy with the weird voice? Yeah, it's kind of like British. Yeah. They talk about King's Island, which is close to us. Right. So that's how I found it. But, yeah, right. go check it out. Okay, so um, violence. Now we're going to get into some violence. In 1981, a teenager was fatally stabbed during a knife fight. That's aggressive. Yeah, that's rude. In 1987, a 15-year-old was shot in the parking lot during a confrontation between rival gang members. I mean, I never think of, like, Orlando, Florida as, like, a rival gang thing, but, I mean... Might be California, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I didn't specify. In 2012, a young man's body was found near the Mickey and Friends parking structure. Although it was thought to be a suicide at the time, there was no witnesses to report that he had jumped. Jesus. Yeah. In 2013, two small explosions and trash cans happened in the Toontown area of the park that caused the park to be evacuated. The explosion was a water bottle filled with dry ice, and soon a 22-year-old confessed to detonating the bombs. He was sentenced for the misdemeanor of possessing a destructive device. Huh. That's a little stretch. Yeah. I used to work I mean, at a place that had dry ice, and yeah, if you put it in a water bottle, it just expands. And yeah, it's the and water it just bottle. pops the water bottle. I mean, it, it's loud. Yeah. So the people probably thought it was. Right. Well, inducing panic, I but, guess, would yeah. be a better one. So now let's talk about some of the things employees had to say about the park. Um, a common complaint of cast members, like is what we said they're called, yeah, um, is the lack of water and strict rules imposed on those in mascot costumes. Heat stroke is frequent among those cast members who perform in mascot suits. Bummer, dude. Never a good sign. Don't sign me up for that. I can't deal with being hot. Like, I can't. Especially in Orlando, Florida, yeah. when it's 98 degrees with 100% humidity. <laughs> no well, fucking way. I can't even handle wearing shorts in Florida. No, you step outside and you're sweating immediately. Yeah. I, there's no... You'd have to pay me... Hundred grand a year to walk around the mascot. Yep. Ugh. So sexual harassment and other forms of abuse from both guests and managers are reported. In 1976, a woman sued Disney, claiming that a cast member portraying one of the three little pigs in It's a Small World sexually harassed her and groped her. Jesus. 
Disney disproved this claim by presenting the costume, which had short and operable <laughs> arms that made it impossible for a cast member to grope anyone. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? He's got short arms on him. Right. What is he going to do? He doesn't even have thumbs that's, or fingers. That's awful. They're hooves. Hooves. <laughs> <laughs> In 1981, a 1978 incident between... <laughs> so in 1981, a 1978 incident between Winnie the Pooh and a little girl went to court. Finally. Yeah. So it took three years. Yeah. The girl's parents claimed that the cast member portraying the lovable bear slapped their daughter. Little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the, the cast member argued the girl was tugging on the end of the costume, and when they turned around, they accidentally knocked her over. That seems... Like, that would happen a lot. Yeah, you can't... I'm sure you can't <clears throat> see in those things. No, you, yeah. Especially not down. You can right. probably see straight out, but not... Right. What's, yeah, that's kind of a terrible you design for... You probably sweat in your eyes and all kinds God, of stuff. I cannot imagine how sweaty you'd be. So he showed up in court in the costume, which convinced the jury that the arms on the costume wouldn't have allowed them to slap the victims of that height. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, showing up to your court <laughs> hearing and the fucking guy walks in in a <laughs> Tigger costume? <laughs> Like, no, That's mommy, so it's the bad man. <laughs> as soon as he walks, opens the door. Like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, that's funny. February 2012, an employee encountered a 53-year-old man near the Tower of Terror. The man was drunk and assaulted the employee who pepper sprayed him. The man continued fighting, <laughs> and other guests had to hold him down. Man. 53. That's too, too old, old to be getting. Shit. Yeah, that's too old to be getting trashed at Disney World. <laughs> Probably because he sweated out all the water and it's just straight alcohol. Oh, that sun will get you. That's a dangerous game. <laughs> all right. So finally, here are some of the deaths in the park. Um, in June of 1973, in June of 1983, teenagers died on the River of America attraction. Both violated the rules. In the first incident. An 18-year-old and his brother stayed in the park after closing, and the teenager drowned when they tried to cross the river. That's probably what you're talking about. I think about. it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ten years later, a boy stole a rubber emergency raft from a cast member's only area of the park, only to capsize and drown. Yeah. In 1974, a park employee, Debbie Stone, was crushed to death between the rotating wall and permanent mm. theater wall and the America Sings attraction. That makes me cringe so bad. Because it's like one of those things where you sit in the theater and the um, it the, moves. The, the theater is like on a circle. Swivel, like a, yeah. yeah. So they said I watched the video on that too, and apparently it, it takes like ten minutes for it to go around. Yeah. During the show, because it goes real slow. Uh-huh. But then when they reset it, it only takes sixty seconds. Oh, so it goes real fast. So it goes real slow one way and then real fast the other way. And she was she got stuck between the, when it came back. Oh. She got stuck between the wall and the. The theater. Because I was thinking, dang, I mean, it's like those shows where somebody starts, like, in those really bad movies where they're screaming, like, ah, and they're, like, like, 50 feet away. (laughs) I thought the same thing, but then they said it, yeah, it resets itself super fast so that way they can load the theater up for Uh the next. And, yes, it it was going real fast when she just got caught. That makes me cringe. Yeah, that would be awful. Oof. So, in 1984, Dolly Young was riding the Matterhorn bobsleds when her seatbelt was unfastened. Young plummeted to the track below and was hit by another car oh. and dragged along the rails before the ride was stopped. Oh, that's not good. Could you, be, oh, could you imagine being in that car? Oh, my God. And just knowing it's going to happen and there's nothing you can do. Oh, God. That's awful. In 2007, a teenager died on the rock and roller coaster at Disneyland Paris 
When the ride stopped, her friends noticed she was unconscious. Paramedics rushed to the scene, and an ambulance was ambulance was called, but it was too late. So I mean, that could have been Heart, anything. Yeah, probably pre or pre. Uh, what do they call that? Pre existing conditions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Some people may have died by suicide or survived an attempt in the park by jumping out of moving vehicles or engaging in dangerous behavior. That's like the San Francisco uh, Golden Gate Bridge. Like some people just go there to jump. Mm-hmm. Like maybe. That probably happens everywhere. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. That happened in Dayton. We talked about Spaghetti Warehouse earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I showed up one day, and the road was shut down, and then I, we went inside and came out, and the police were still there, and some guy jumped off a parking garage. Yeah, you could see his shoes. That was rough. That, that was. Yeah, that sucked. So in 1994, a man fell about 20 feet from the Skyway gondola. Just prior to the case going to trial in 1996, the victim admitted he had purposely jumped out of the gondola. Wow. Um, September of 19... Oh, well, that was, that's a that's different okay. one. That's okay. Keep on going. But yeah, how do you... How do you let it go two years, and then you're about to go to trial, and you're like... Well, just I kidding. <laughs> right. Why would you do that in the first place? People Maybe are, he was just trying to commit suicide, but... Yeah. Why would you do that in such a highly... Like, do that to yourself. Like, by yourself. Right. Don't, don't do that, obviously. No, don't do that, but if but like, you're going to do you, it... But like, why would you... In Disney, around all those kids, that's yeah, messed that's up. selfish. September 1994, a 74-year-old man leapt to his death from a ninth-floor balcony in a Disney hotel. Jesus. Ooh. In 1996, a 23-year-old man jumped or fell to his death. Doesn't say where that happened, but it was somewhere on the grounds. 1998, an employee jumped from the same floor but survived. Ugh. So this is, no, this is all the same, I think, Disney hotel. Oh, the all the Disney hotel? Oh, yeah. wow. So... In 2008, a 40-year-old man leapt over the 14th floor and died. 2010, another person leapt from the Mickey and Friends parking structure. How the hell are you talking? I was thinking of, like, you know how you park and then you go into, like, the bus terminal thing. I was thinking from that building, but it's probably a parking garage. It's probably a parking garage, yeah. Yeah. So in 2015, this is the last one. Or no, it's not. This is the second to last in 2015, a 21-year-old monorail driver lost his life when two monorails collided head-on. How does that even happen? Right, they're on different tracks, right? Or like I thought there was only one per track. Yeah, I don't they know. must be. That's fucking awful. Yeah, maybe Oof. somebody started the wrong one. I don't know. Maybe. Some say there are over a hundred people that have passed away at the parks. I feel like Disney's real good about keeping their shit under wraps. Yeah, they are. Like you don't hear about this stuff. Nope. <laughs> So the next thing we're going to talk about is spreading ashes. Take us away, Jordan. So there's only been one recorded incident where a family may have spread ashes. The family approached park staff and requested a private memorial for their loved one in the haunted mansion. Their request was granted. It was (laughs) granted. It was granted. But the park staff noted that the family seemed to go beyond the memorial and witnessed spreading them uh, the powder around the attraction. And it was thought to be ashes. Wow. What a nice thing, though, that they requested to have this private memorial and they did that. That is nice. They let them, I'm surprised they let them do it. Yeah. But it is nice. Um, others have reported seeing people spread powdery substances on other rides like parts of the Caribbean. Hmm. It's rumored to happen so often that the park maintenance staff now use special vacuum equipment and the park staff have to be trained on how to handle these situations. Mm. The Haunted Mansion is also said to be one of the most popular places on Earth for people to scatter ashes. Because it's the best ride. It's true. But I, on that 
fantastic horror documentary thing. Yeah. They were talking about how if you get caught doing it, you're banned forever. Yeah, I bet. Because it's like it's, super unsanitary. Yeah. Like just Uncle Bob, Ugh. you know, blowing in the wind. I mean, I get wind. it, but it's, yeah, it's pretty gross. All right. So now we're going to talk about strange secrets and rumors. Before Typhoon Lagoon, Disney had another water park called Rivery County, which had been closed and left to rot from 2001 to 2015. That's a long time. It is. This is now set to be turned into a hotel. I didn't know. Typhoon Lagoon is sweet. Yeah. That's a cool place. Yeah. Um, People believe that there's a jail under Disney World, uh, but that is untrue. However, there are a network of tunnels called Utilidors. That allow cast members and staff to access different parts of the park unseen. Yeah. There's also, they talk about this, I forget where I read this, but um, like the Magic Kingdom is actually built up off the ground for mm-hmm. these corridors because they wanted like places where people can, they can move stuff around the park. So they built, it's literally like built, like I think it's 10 or 12 feet above up. the hmm. uh, ground level. That's kind of terrifying. It is. It's not, I mean, it's like. I think it's all like concrete and they put ground like back on it, but they've like dug out these things. So it's like sitting higher than the normal huh. ground, which is pretty interesting. That is. Crew members have said Disney tries, tries to brainwash their employees. Disney apparently tends to go overboard when initiating staff. Culture is to, to down abbreviations. I don't know what that means. Culture is to down. Mm, Okay, skip it. Abbreviations (laughs) are required, and cast members must play the part 100% when they're on the clock, including always smiling at guests. Water breaks are limited, and the employees aren't afforded things like regular work schedules or fair pay. Disney is anything but magical for their employees. Yikes. It's usually true in big corporations, unfortunately. Yeah. There's a picture I've got to post here, too. It's Mickey Mouse. It's like a 70s Mickey Mouse walking through the corridors. And it is. It looks creepy as fuck. It looks like a horror movie. It's cool. I really like it. He's going to fantasy land. It's very, it's very ominous looking. Yeah. Even though it's Mickey Mouse, it's weird. So here are the last section here is just other little known facts. There's a suite located in Cinderella's castle that is only for contest winners, and you're not able to book a stay there. And I heard that it's gross. That's what you were telling me. There's like cockroaches and shit. Because I think they build it like the... cockroaches everywhere in Florida. I, I think they build it in like the 80s yeah. or 70s. And they just kind of like... Just, hey. Yeah, I don't think they've changed much. No, probably it's, not the sheets or nothing. <laughs> well, it's the only room in the whole park, so it's not like... Yeah. They don't have like a cleaning staff like yeah. built for this. It's just like... Just be aware. They probably just tell people like, hey, you're on... You won. Castle duty today. <laughs> All right, and the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, they used real human skeletons. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, we did an episode on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that happens a lot. Disney constantly pumps scents throughout the park called smellitizers to get you to buy uh, delicious food. Works on me. I've also heard at the opening of um, Magic Kingdom, there's like all those flowers, Uh and they have like things that pump out the smell of flowers to make it more like, you're like, oh, that's... This is like these are good flowers. I wonder how many maintenance people they have on staff. Oh, probably a lot. That's nuts. <laughs> Makes me think of like roller coaster tycoon. Wild <laughs> maintenance yeah. men. <laughs> um, at the Magic Kingdom, there is a strip of pavement that resembles a runway because <laughs> Disney World used to have their own runway and planes. What? It was shut down before opening. That's the park. insane. Yeah. Could you imagine? 
That's usually like, clear the way. Right. <laughs> plane landing. So this one is actually, I've actually seen this movie. A horror film was filmed at Disney and Disneyland after dark. Disney did not condone it. And the filmmaker went about it without Disney's permission. It's called Escape from Tomorrow. It was filmed in 2013. Was it good or was it bad? It was very, like, I don't know how to describe it. It was very... Blair Witch? Creepy. Yeah? yeah I think that they shot it all on iPhones. Oh. So they could, like, do it. But it's basically, like, Tomorrow is, like, it's, like, this... I don't know how to describe it. It's, like, these these two... It's, like, a family on vacation. Mm-hmm. And then these two little girls keep, like, following around this the dad. And like looking at him, they just like as the film goes on, like their starts, their faces start to like morph. Yeah. And they're like kind of like demons, and they get like black eyes. Uh-huh. And they just like I think they convince him to either commit suicide or do something. But it's like weird. Really? It's like kind of it plays on like how people think there's like hidden messages in Disney. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's all filmed in black and white. Hmm. But it's kind of crazy they filmed a whole movie at Disney and they didn't even know. Right. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty wild. Ninjas. They stay in that. Um, the one we hate breakfast in with Evie, the hotel where the Monroe goes through it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forget yeah. what it's called. Contemporary Hotel, I yeah. think. But they, they, that's where they're staying in the movie. Oh. But then they keep going. It's like it's kind of like the Shining Girls. Yeah. Where it's just like these creepy girls, and they keep like following this dude and like staring at him. Huh. And it's, I don't, there's not much dialogue. Really? It's I feel just like it's like a lot of like all... music and like, it's just weird. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's very unsettling. They did good with that. Hmm. In the animal kingdom, animals are bribed to stick around so they can be seen by having air-conditioned rocks that they lay on <laughs> and provide them with cool water and treats. <laughs> you got me. That's genius. Yeah. Air-conditioned rocks. Huh. I need one of those to lay on. Air-conditioned rocks. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> All right. So the last one here is lines at Disney are never fun. So some people would pay handicapped families to pose as if they were with them so they could get on rides faster. Woo. That's pretty I mean, rough. I guess that's good for both people. I guess. <laughs> kind of playing the it's system. Kind of frowned upon. Don't be asking anybody for that. Like, this is me and my 500-person family. Right. So the sources that I went to was wikibiography.com, mapquest.com. They, MapQuest. Have, some, they have some good articles. Yeah, that's an oldie. <laughs> and thethings.com. MapQuest has articles? Yeah. I thought MapQuest was only maps. No, they got all kinds of junk on there. Wow. They're trying to broaden their horizons since everybody uses Google now. Say, I haven't heard of MapQuest since the 90s. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed Walt Disney Part 1 and Part 2. Mm-hmm. And we will be coming at you with more. Let us know if you like these. Epi- they're just kind of like, I think it's interesting to go over like just famous people. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it's not really like, yeah, like murder. And we like to be broad. We don't want to do like murders every week. Right. So I think it's interesting just to look at different aspects of history and yeah. influential people. It's mystery history. There's some mysteries in here. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. It's not the typical right. murder mayhem. But I think it's just interesting. to. You might not have known some of this stuff. No, I Hopefully sure Hopefully you've didn't. learned some things. But yeah, yeah just All let right. us know how you think of them. Well, have a good week, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.